So, so today we're going to start this brand new series, and it's entitled Life on Mission. And we're going to look at that ultimate walk with Christ, that ultimate walk as we move and we go to what he's called us to do. And we're going to look at that invitation that God extends to each one of us. Each one of us has an invitation given to us, and it's an invitation to join him on a mission, to join him on a mission. And it's a mission that has the potential not only to transform you, but to transform this church and can also transform our community. And ultimately, you see, the Bible says that we have all been called. We have been called to a life on mission. We have been called to do what Jesus calls us to do. And each one of us has a choice. We have a choice when it comes to this. We can simply ignore it. We could kind of go into it half-heartedly, maybe flirt with it a little bit, and you know, maybe a little bit here, a little bit there, want to try and do what this mission calls us to do, or do what Jesus has called us to do in our life. We can just dead out ignore it. We can just ignore the call of Jesus on our life and just go about life as we want it. But I think we got to understand that our satisfaction with life, or our having found a meaning or a purpose in this life, go straight to the call that we have on our life. And it can affect how we do life. And, and you understand, we, we're actually created for this purpose. And I think a lot of times we, we miss it and we forget what that purpose is. And, and so we need to understand that this mission is something that I didn't come up with. This isn't Pastor Ken's version of this is what we should do. This is what Jesus has called each of us to do. So it's a mission set out by, through God's word for each one of us. We've all been called according to his purpose. We've all been invited to take a part in his mission, to be a part of his church, and to see lives changed, to see people healed, and see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, last four weeks we did, you know, X marks the spot. And we looked at what being a disciple of Jesus was all about. And we took that journey down that life's map of, uh, and find that X on our spot, X on our map. And we kind of figured out that, okay, this is what it means to be a disciple. Well, this week, we're going to see what it looks like to put it into action. Practical application of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Living that life on mission and doing what we're called to do. You see, you and I were made for a life of mission. Now we just got to figure out how to live that life on mission. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be today, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 12. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew. Um, also, you can use smartphone, tablet, whatever you want to use, Android. <laughs> you know, everything would, uh, just so you know, it would also be up here on the screen. If you're watching online, hey, thank you for joining us online. Let's give it up for those watching online today. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, you know, we love that you're here watching us and joining us, but don't let this replace you being connected to a local church. You know, whether it's this church or another church, it doesn't matter. Just get connected to a church that you can work on your relationship with Jesus Christ and your relationship with others. You know, it's not about us. It's about his kingdom. So make sure you get connected. We are glad you're here. Don't turn us off just because I said that. 
but go ahead and join us. And with that being said, let's go ahead and read Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 12. It says, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the toll booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was reclining at the table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came to eat with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, when he heard this, he said, it is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. Amen. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Fathers, we dig through your word today, Lord. We just ask that you open up our eyes that we may see what it is you want us to see. Open our ears so that we may hear your voice. And Lord, may your name be glorified through it all as we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, think about this scripture. This scripture, just thinking about it, should be good news for all of us. It should be good news for all of us, and it's pretty simple. The very fact that Jesus invited Matthew should speak volumes to us. Matthew was a tax collector. He was the worst of the worst. So if Jesus could call Matthew, he can call us. We're fair game. Because I don't think any of us have actually done what Matthew did. Think about Matthew. As a tax collector, he sold himself out to the Roman oppressors. Rome had control over Jerusalem over the Jews and Matthew basically sold himself out and said I will collect taxes for you I'm not worried about my family he got rid of it he sold out everything to the oppressors we would hate someone like that but Jesus called him so if Jesus can call Matthew to follow him he can call each of us to follow him also and I think it's interesting that even the apostle Paul saw this um, in his own writings to Timothy, and he said this in 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16. Thus saying is, uh, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. But I receive mercy for this season that, so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. You see that salvation that we get from God? It's undeserved. It's undeserved, it's unmerited, and that's exactly why it's called grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's why it's called grace. And it's by grace that we believe in Jesus Christ. It's by grace that we accept the salvation that he offers. And it's by grace that we're given that eternal life. That we're given that eternal life to live with him forever. And it's by grace that each one of us are called to leverage our call wherever we are at. And it's by grace that we're able to do that. And so the question isn't whether or not we are called but only where and how. Where are you called to and how are you called? Because in reality, no matter whether you're in the business world, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a student, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, maybe you're a grandmother or grandfather taking care of your grandkids, no matter where you're at, you're on a mission. You're on a mission, and that area that you're in is your mission field. 
And I think a lot of times we forget that, that that's exactly where we're at. And Jesus has called us to active duty right where we're at. He didn't call us to go overseas. He called you to be right where you're at today. And see, a lot of times we have that, like I said earlier, we have that dream. Oh man, I I got this dream. I want to go to India and be a missionary. I want to go to Afghanistan and be a missionary. Well, if that's not where God called you to be, you're not going to end up being there and you're not going to be able to do the work that he called you to do. We're called to be right where we're at, right where we're at. Each of us are where we are at for a reason and we need to step up and do what we're called. We are an integral part. We are an integral part um, of God's mission to save this world right where we're at, exactly where we're at. You know, in fact, your vocation is that platform for you to be able to spread the good news. Each one of us probably has coworkers that do not know Jesus. Someone in our family does not know Jesus. Each one of us can use the platform right where we're at to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, and no matter who you are, no matter where you are, each one of us have first been called to follow Jesus. So, of course, we need to follow Jesus in order to tell people about Jesus. And, you know, it's interesting if you look at the scripture right before this in chapter 9, before Jesus called Matthew, you actually see that Jesus had healed a paralytic. And Matthew had seen him heal this man who was paralyzed. But the other thing Matthew saw him do was forgive the man of his sins. So you got to be thinking at this point, Matthew's got to be thinking, hey, he healed that guy. He gave, he, he, wow. (laughs) He forgave him his sins. He forgave him of his sins. And I am a sinful man. I have done all this against my people. Maybe, just maybe, he can forgive me. And sometimes I think we're the same way. We think, well, we're just too bad that Jesus can't forgive us of our sins. If he can forgive Matthew of everything he did against his own people, he can forgive us for what we've done in our life. And you got to understand that right after this, when, when Matthew accepted Jesus, He basically had to do the same thing the paralytic did. Jesus told the paralytic, get up. Get up. So Matthew had to get up. He had to get up and move. And as soon as Matthew accepted that call to follow me, he was on a mission. He was then part of that mission field. And see, I think some way for us, it's the same thing for us. Jesus calls us and he's calling us to get up. He's calling us to get off of our anticipation. He's calling us to get off our own willingness, get off the sidelines and get in the game. We need to get in the game and we need to move. Last week, I even talked about the healing comes when we move. If someone just sits and they do not move and we see this with with people in our own families or older people when they become bedridden, when they don't move, the life gets sucked out of them. So as Christians, we've got to move. We've got to get up and we've got to move and do what God calls us to do. Get off your anticipation because anticipation is good, but it's not going to get you anywhere. You got to actually move. In fact, you know, and think about it. You got to get out of your comfort zone. And speaking of being uncomfortable, the next chapter, Jesus actually says something to Matthew that's very uncomfortable. 
He actually says this, and whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds his life will lose it. And anyone who loses life because of me will find it. You see, suddenly Matthew got a wake up call. It's that, it's that wake up call that following Jesus required a little more commitment than just maybe twice a week. It was more commitment than just twice a week. It required getting up and doing things. And you think about this, Jesus is basically describing an execution. Remember, in biblical times, what they did is they would put that board across the person's shoulders after they were convicted, and they'd make them walk through the community with the top of the cross across their shoulders with that beam, showing their humility as they went through their neighborhoods. Showing that humility. And it was basically, now they got them up there and they would crucify them. And yet it's exactly what Jesus is asking us to do. In Mark 8, 34, he actually says, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Take up his cross and follow me. And I've said it numerous times, when's the last time we actually picked up our cross? Picked up your cross, walked with humility through your town, through your neighborhood, through your workplace. We need to deny ourselves and we need to take up our cross. We need to take Jesus into our community. We need to take Jesus into our workplace. We need to take Jesus every place we go, whether it's to the music that we listen to, movies that we watch, TV shows. We need to take Jesus everywhere we go. Think about this. Jesus is basically saying, if you want eternal life, lose your life for me and take me everywhere you go. Take me everywhere you go. Do you take Jesus everywhere you go? Think about that. Do you honestly take him everywhere you go, or do you just keep him in your house and inside the church on Sundays? Or do we truly take him everywhere we go and let him guide our path on everything that we do? Let him provide that way of escape to our sins. Or do we just... Bring him when we think we need him like he's a vending machine. We need to take him everywhere we go. Yeah, you know what's really amazing? If you look at the book of Acts, you see the disciples basically said, hey, you know what, Jesus, we're all in. We're all in. We're going to do what you called us to do. And his first disciple said, you know, we're good with that. We're good. We'll pick up our cross daily. We'll do what you call me to do. We'll be obedient to your call. And listen to what it says in Acts chapter 2, verses 44 and 45, as we see what the power of God does. It says, now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Think about this. They were living out what Jesus said. They were denying themselves. They were following him and being obedient. And if anyone had a need, they provided for that person's need. They provided for the need of that person. And you think about it. In today's society, that would have meant, you know, it said they were sold everything. So there would have been all kinds of ads on eBay, Facebook, Marketplace, and maybe even some of us older people on Craigslist. They were selling everything to give to the people who were in need. Now understand, this doesn't mean that, you know, oh, well, the church told me I got to, you know, Pastor Ken said I got to sell everything and, and give everything to everybody. That's not what I'm saying. 
Because the Bible also says if you do not work, you do not eat. Okay? But we can provide for each other's needs. We can be there for each other inside a community. And we can do what God calls us to do. We need to live out that Christian faith, caring for one another, loving for one another, just as Jesus did. Because that's what Jesus did for us. And they did this every day, not twice a week, not once a week, every single day. They ate together in their homes. They went to Bible studies. They had small groups. They had prayer groups. They did all this stuff. And it's interesting. Think of what it says in verse 47. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, every day the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. You see, they were doing the work. They were being blessed for doing what God called them to do. And as we said before, will you be blessed if you're not doing what God calls you to do? The blessing comes through obedience. When we're obedient and doing what God calls us to do, you see, and exactly here, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The church grew because they were being obedient and providing for each other's needs, being obedient to each other. So in other words, they went beyond this partial commitment. They went beyond their own comfort zone, their own comfortable lifestyle, and they stepped out in faith. And it shows how they were able to, God used them to transform a community. Wouldn't it be amazing to be able to be a part of a transformation of an entire community? By doing what God calls us to do. Basically, they say, God, well, whatever it takes. And the people did it. And people continued to come to faith. He added to their numbers every day. This is a model of how God uses a church. This is a model of how I think God can use this church. If we're faithful, if we're obedient, and we do what he calls us to do, I could see God adding numbers to this church, adding people to the kingdom just through our obedience of following him and doing what he calls us to do. And you think about it, all of this come with, it's about being in the presence, being, being in his presence so that we're hearing his voice, just like we've talked about in the past. And if you look at the next verses, you see exactly that. After saying, you know, Jesus called him to follow me, it goes on in verses 10 and 12, and it says, while he was reclined at the table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came to eat with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, when he had heard this, he said, it is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. In other words, they gathered together in the presence of Jesus. Jesus' sole job there was to heal those who were sick. He come to heal the sick. And Jesus demonstrates for us that a church should be like a hospital. And it's one thing that we always say, oh, our church should be like a hospital. But then when someone who has a hospital need comes in, we don't treat them like a hospital. As I talked a couple of series ago, we treat them as an outcast. We treat them as a leftover. Us as a hospital need to meet people right where they are. Provide the healing that they need because each of us got that healing through Jesus Christ. 
Each one of us received that healing. We need to give that healing to others. Open the doors and allow them to get the same thing we got. It's not for us to hold on to and hold tightly and say, oh, it's us four and no more. It's about us reaching that community. It's about us doing what God called us to do and transform this town of Lantana. Being obedient to his call. That's what we're called to do. We need to get up and we need to move. Get up and move. Some of us have been sitting for so long, we got cobwebs. We got to move. We've got to move and we've got to continue to do what God calls us to do. Even in Revelation 22, 27, you think about this. It says, both the spirit and the bride say to come. Let anyone who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who desires take the water of life freely. It's been over 2,000 years and Jesus hasn't come back yet. Every single generation, we've been waiting for him. And every generation, oh, he's coming, look at it. And every generation gets a little worse. And I mean, you look today and you're like, oh, read Revelation, he's coming back. We don't know when he's coming back. But our job before he comes back is to see to it that everyone knows him. And I think a lot of that, him not coming back is simply that. He's still waiting and giving people the opportunity to accept him as their Lord and Savior. To accept him before we see the whole book of Revelation come out. For people to come to repent of their sin and for people to be saved. And that's part of our job. That's part of our mission. And I think that invitation still remains today. And we need to welcome people in here and welcome people into our lives who are hurting so that they can see the same transforming power and healing that we had in our lives so that they could see it to them. And we need to be welcoming. Jesus welcomed everybody. Jesus welcomed everyone. Shouldn't we be welcoming if we're followers of Jesus? We should be. And that is part of what we should do. Everyone in here today has been welcomed by Jesus. And we need to do the same thing to anyone who comes in contact with us. We need to welcome them to Jesus. Proverbs 8.35 actually says this. Whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. And last week, what did we talk about? God's word says what? See to it that nobody, that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. We need to make sure the grace of God is available for everybody that we come in contact with. Everyone that we come in contact with, we've got to give them that grace, that same grace that we received. The same grace that saved us, we need to provide for others. You know, and non-Christians, we should invite them to come. Invite them to come to church. Invite them to see who Jesus is and find out how Jesus can affect their lives. And understand, we need to be welcoming to them. Let them come in with their doubts, with their fears, with their questions, with their hurts, their hangups, their habits, whatever it may be. Let them come. Jesus changed you. He can change them. Each one of us has a story. Each one of us has a different story that we could use to affect somebody's life. 
Whether you accepted Jesus Christ as a 12-year-old and lived your entire life for him, that's awesome. You should be able to answer any question that someone has. I'm going to send them to you instead of them coming to me. <laughs> but some of us have been in, in deep valleys. We've been in places that we don't want to talk about. But then when we have that chance to talk to someone who's in that same place and tell them how God brought us out of that valley and brought us back to that mountaintop, each one of us has a mess that's part of our message. Each one of us has been through a test that is part of our testimony. And we need to use that to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and do what he called us to do. And when people come through this door, you will be surprised who God brings to you. And you're going to be like, man, how did God know to bring them to me? There's situations just like mine. I don't know them, but man, they've been in the same place. Because God knows who to bring the people to. God knows what situation you've been through. He knows all your hurts. Remember, we are jacked up. We are messed up. But each one of us is loved. And each one of us can pass that love on to others. And it's our job. And some people I know will say, you know, but pastor, I'm not really good at that. Let me put it this way. Non-COVID numbers. 7,755 people die a day in the United States. 7,755 people each day die in the U.S. And most of them don't know Jesus. Think about that. How many lives can you change? If we have that many people dying each day and the most of them don't know Jesus, where are they going to spend eternity? We need to do our part. There are people dying in the town of Lantana every day. There are people dying in Lake Worth in Palm Beach County every day that do not know Jesus. Some of them may be your neighbors or coworkers. What are you doing about it? What are you doing to advance the kingdom of God? Because that's what we're called to do. And we need to affect change in these people's lives. We should want to invite people to come and see. You don't have to be a theologian. Just tell them, come and see. And, and there's, you look through the Bible, you see this all the time. Think about this. In the Gospel of John, Philip does this exact same thing with Nathaniel. In, verses, in uh, John verse 45 and 46, it says this. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and so did the prophets. Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael asked him. Come and see, Philip answered. Come and see. That's all you need to say. That's all you need to say. And I know some of you will even say, well, pa Pastor, I'm really not good at that. Good. Just say, hey, just come and see. I can't explain it to you, but come and see. My pastor can. It's that simple. Come and see. This is exactly what Philip did. He went and found Nathaniel and said, come and see. Come and see. Even later on in the same gospel, in John's gospel, Jesus is going out and he comes to Samaria. And you know Samaria... They were non-God non followers. They were different from the Jews. They, they, to us, they would be non-Christians. Jesus goes there to the town of Sychar, <clears throat> sits next to the well. 
In the middle of the day, a woman comes out to draw water. And as she's drawing water, Jesus asked her to get him a drink. And she looks at Jesus thinking, wait a minute, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. Number one, why is he even talking to me? And number two, why would he want me to get him a drink? And she goes ahead and she, she goes to do it. And Jesus actually tells her this. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he could have given you living water. See, Jesus invites her to take from him water which will give her eternal life. And she misses the point. She totally misses it because she's out there in the heat of the day, the middle of the day, and her response is actually, sir, give me this water so that I don't get thirsty. She missed the point of what Jesus was calling her and telling her. Jesus sends her back into the town and basically, you know, tells her to go and go get her husband. And she turns around and she replies that she's not married. And Jesus says, oh, I know you're not married. You've had five husbands and the man you're with now is not your husband. And her eyes seem to just open up at that point. She drops her jar and she runs back into town and basically tells everyone, come and see. Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And so they came out of the town and they made their way towards him. You see, this Samaritan, Samaritan woman and Nathaniel did exactly what they were called did exactly what they were called for a church to be on mission, invited people to come and meet Jesus. You don't have to do a whole evangelism explosion and get them to you know, accept Jesus right there with you. Hey, if you're good with that, awesome. Just tell them, come and see. And we've talked about it before. Every one of you point your finger at me, turn it over, go like this. Just come and see. Guess what? You're evangelizing. Come and see. Just follow me. Come and, come and see. Talk to my pastor. That's all it takes. And we want to be welcoming people into the presence because when we bring them to Jesus and we see the spirit of God move, we'll see him work and we'll see him change people's lives and change his community. And that's what we're here for. We've talked about the legacy of this church. The legacy of this church was to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the town of Lantana and beyond. That's our mission. That's what we're called to do. And you see, I believe God can use this church. I believe God can use everyone here and transform this place. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what we're called to do. Get people to call on the name of the Lord. Tell them to come and see. You see, each one of us came to this church with some pain, with some hurt, with some habit, with something. And God transformed our lives. So we need to be willing to watch God transform other lives by being obedient and telling them to come in. We know as, as Christ followers, we're a new creation. It even says so in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, 19. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. Everything is from God 
who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. You see, that's God's intention. And that was the purpose was to change, to change us from the inside out so that we can continue to change his world. He reconciled us to himself, making peace with us through the cross of Jesus Christ. So we're called to reconcile. We're made for mission. We're made to change. We're, we're changed and we're supposed to change others. And I honestly believe if you truly accept Jesus, you are changed. But the problem is some of us forget it along the way. Some of us lost that zeal that we had. Some of us just wanted our own way. We need to be obedient to what he calls us to do. Say, God, I'm yours. I'll do whatever you ask. I'll follow you wherever you go. When's the last time you said that and meant it? It's about getting outside of our comfort zone, being stretched, and being obedient. Following him, truly following him as a disciple, following him and bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ so that he can transform the world. We're not going to do it. He can do it through us, but we need to allow him to do it through us. We need to be obedient to step out in faith and do what he calls us to do. You know, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it actually says this of the presence of God. It says, the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Being more and more like him. Are you more and more like him today? Are you more like him today than you were yesterday? Or did somewhere along the line you stop becoming more and more like him and start becoming more and more like yourself instead of doing what he calls us to do? And I'm truly believing that for this church, for this church, that we can change, this entire community can be changed by him. And it could never be the same again. This world needs a revival. Just look at it. This world needs Jesus. And it needs followers of Jesus who are doing the mission they've been called to do. Being obedient to his call, telling people about who he is, what he's done in your life. And if you can't answer all the questions, I don't know. Just come and see. Come and see. Come, in, come to church with me and we'll figure it out. That's half the battle. Just come and see. I truly believe God can change this world using everything we can use to affect change. 7,755 people die a day in the U.S. 2.6 million people in the world have Facebook. 1.7 million look at Facebook every day. That's a huge mission field that we as a church aren't using or that we as individuals don't use. Be who he called you to be. 
Be the church. Live that life on mission. Live that life on mission. Hey, you know, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You know, and you're waiting to get your act together. Your acts are never going to be together. You're never going to be right. You're never going to be perfect. But thank God his word says, for we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. But yet God loved us so much that he gave his son for us. And it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you've never done that, I invite you to come down today. We can lock it down today. We can talk about it, say that prayer of salvation, and you can be part of the family. The next step after accepting Jesus is baptized, getting baptized. That outward sign of an inward presence of faith. Let us know you want to be baptized. We can schedule it and you can come into church with dry hair and leave with wet hair and get a t-shirt. And then when you go to get something to eat, you can say, oh, my hair is wet because I accepted Jesus and I was baptized. What a testimony. Walking by faith, doing that life on mission. And then, of course, it's getting involved doing things. What are your next steps? Getting up and moving. Get off your anticipation and move. Make that dream. Go from dreaming to doing what he's called you to do. Last week, we had a lot of people come up here when I challenged you. Don't let last week just be a week of, wow, that was a good message and I felt moved. Feel it every week. Last week, a bunch of you came up here and you know what we talked about. Anyone miss the message, go back and watch it. Don't forget why you moved last week. And let's continue to move for what God calls us to do. And if you've got something holding you back from doing what God's got you doing, holding you back from being on a life of mission, come up here and give it to him. Take time at his altar. Heavenly Father, I raise this congregation to you, Lord. Lord, that we can be a church that lives a life on mission. That we can have that ultimate walk with you and be your salt and light in this world. Lord, that people will come to know you through us as you use us to speak your truths. And Lord, we don't have it together and we know we're not perfect, but we know you can use us. Because if you can use Matthew, a tax collector, Lord, you can definitely use us. Give us the boldness to speak your truths in the environments that you have us in so that we can transform lives for you. And make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen.